Support Black Podcast. This is Karima. She is the Blurred Girl, a freelance commercial video and film editor by day, and a comic book reading, anime watching, TV, live tweeting, K-pop listening, blog writing, geek girl by night. She uses her blog and her podcast to shine a light on sequential art, comic books, graphic novels, and pop culture with a focus on characters of color primarily created by people of color. Join her on theblurredgirl.com. That's the T-H-E Blurred B-L-E-R-D Girl G-U-R-L dot com. Theblurredgirl.com. Go there and support Black Podcast. Sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation, you're listening to Gotta Talk! And I am Johnny Destructo. Yo, this is the Bat Tribble. Holler at your boy. Please. Yeah. And with us this week at 4456 Main Street, Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Maniunk, Pennsylvania, uh, is Noel. So, here on Gutter Talk, you may not know Noel as much uh, as you may from other shows. He and I did uh, the uh, the Black Panther show. See. Yeah, after uh, we talked about it after seeing the movie. And so, we did a quick little spoiler-free review. At this point, it doesn't matter because you've already all seen the movie. Everybody has seen this movie. Thank God. That in four days made over $231 million yeah, and domestically. And then an additional like 387 internationally. Was it an additional 387? Wasn't thought, it? No, or I was it another 387? 387 is the total for really, the four days worldwide. I really wish it was like 600 total. That'd be great. The scary part is, is that... The 231 domestically that is made in four days is more than Justice oh. League <laughs> made domestically yeah. for its entire run. Ouch. Ugh. <laughs> oh, awkward. My goodness gracious, man. But it just goes to show that if you create quality, people will respond. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the maybe the Snyder Cut would have made more, oh, right? Yeah. Are we going to go? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> I don't know. Conspiracy theorists will have that for the rest of their lives, and then they'll go ahead and, like, always... They'll always earmark it. That is the reason why it didn't yeah. just destroy the world. It's Joss Whedon's fault. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fake feminist Joss Whedon. What evidence is there that Zack Snyder, given the full use of his powers... And all of the running time in the world mm-hmm. can create a cohesive, enjoyable superhero movie. Well, sir, I don't think that there is any evidence based off of uh, the breadth of his work. The most successful films that he has in his canon were either driven by a more competent writer mm. or was literally a direct adaptation, like page for page. Everything that he has had his hands in when it comes to actually constructing a narrative has been a fucking mess. Just a mess. So even if there was a Snyder Cut, it's not going to fix anything. No. Yeah. Randy is yelling at his iPod right now. Um, See, but this is why Randy is suspect. This is why the thoughts of Randy are suspect. Because <laughs> Oh, shit. This is he, is, he is a man. He is a man. And I, I, I love him dearly. But he is a man who will look you dead in the face and tell you, that both the theatric cut of Batman v Superman and the direct to video extended nine hour roots edition of <laughs> Batman v Superman are the greatest thing ever. Neither of which they are even close to being good. Say what you will about me. Like, Randy's the soups guy. I'm the spidey guy. Say what you will. I have, I've got my camp, right? But even I, as the spidey guy, will go, Spider-Man 3 never happened. 
Right. Because I know bullshit when I see it. Thank you. And I do not, like, as the Spidey guy, I don't want people relating that to what I love. Like, no, no, no. They just didn't, they fucked it up. It's okay. We'll, we'll do another one. It's fine. Right. Yeah, yeah. I can, I can admit when, it, when it's fucked. So you prefer to live in a world of denial? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> other than other than backing a faulty horse, you'd rather just be like, "I'm out." Yeah, I'll be here when you guys get your shit together again. Yeah, and then we're good. Absolutely. So, um, anyway, should we do a show? You want to do a show, Len? You want to do a show? Sure. We've got a barn. Why not? <laughs> it's a little it? rascals reference. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't get that did. reference. He did. No. Weird. Not weird. You're there. Uh. You're there, Noel. That's what it is. I'm just laughing. I have nothing, nothing to contribute. Okay. <laughs> Classic Noel. Uh, all right. So we have an email. We do have an email that came from Christopher St. Saucy. Good night. Days of Future GI solo movies. X-Men movies, Days of Future Past, was a decent movie. And the costumes in Apocalypse, especially those at the very end of the flick, made it worth watching. Excuse me. The rest of this email is forever suspect because the costumes at the end of Apocalypse, anything from Apocalypse was not worth watching. There was nothing about Apocalypse that was worth watching. I kind of liked all. the 80s montage mall scene. You kind of like it. Yeah, you kind of like you it. You kind of like it. I'm trying to remember. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him this. I'm going to agree with him because I do remember walking out of that and going, oh, see, they could have done the costumes better in the original X-Men movie instead of making it all black Matrixy stuff. They could have done actual legit X-Men costumes at the time. They just chose not to because they thought they couldn't. And then here's living proof. Them at the end, they've all got pretty badass colorful costumes on that look like the X-Men. So I'm going to, I'm going to give them a pass for that. I do agree with that. The rest of the movie is fucking bullshit. Well, I'll say yeah. Um, I will agree with that. Like, um, so what is he? What is he trying to pose there? That it was. Oh, I'll, I'll hold it. Sure. What is he trying to pose there? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what I was holding. Um, that the movie is worth it because of that three seconds at the end. Can I like the three seconds at the end without like making it contingent on enjoying the entire endeavor? That's where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. Also, too, unpopular opinion over here. I don't necessarily think Days of Future Past is all that great. Me neither. I don't think, Same it's, Same I don't think it's all that great, but I think it's the best X-Men movie. The Rogue Cut was better. Did you see the director's Ooh. cut for it? For Days of Future Past? No, I didn't. It's, it's infinitely better. They, they plug a lot of holes. Mm-hmm. But no, the best, I think First Class is the best Oh, I'm sorry. Movie. I meant First Class. I meant First Class. I, I was wondering what you were doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First Class is the best one. I'm this sorry. This is not trucking. All right. Anyway. I'll, More I, email. Christopher continues. I would love a rebooted G.I. Joe cinematic universe. There are enough villains and heroes to support several genres of film that come together for a climactic battle in the fifth movie, and the cast of characters are diverse enough in race and sex that no swapping or slash changing is needed. I don't care if they kill or don't kill characters in the movies. Uh, As Noel um, appears to be making a noose. (laughs) Out of the microphone wire. Asphyxiating. It's different. (laughs) Um, so he would love a rebooted G.I. Joe cinematic universe. I'm just going to stop there for a quick, quick second because we had talked about Because I want it. I, I, I want a rebooted G.I. Joe and a rebooted Transformers. I'm, I'm done with I don't need a rebooted Transformers. And G.I. Joe, I'm sorry, doesn't work live action because you can't, you, they won't kill. It won't, it won't have any edge. I don't think it should be a live action war movie. So I'm, I'm a bit of apologist for the first G.I. Joe movie because it's awful, but it's the right kind of awful. Like, it, it literally is a movie that is comprised of if you gave a 12-year-old $200 million, <laughs> which, which I think was the, oddly the right Not, way to go with, right, the, with, the, with the franchise, whereas the second one tried to grit it and mm. add the rock, and it just felt... And Bruce Willis. Fuck, I forgot he was in that. He was the original Joe. <laughs> Joe, Joe Colt or something it doesn't matter nope. but that that first one was so awful in the right way i actually felt like if i was younger it would have been perfect like it was a live action version of the cartoon okay so they at least had a, a tone at least knew it was going in a weird direction and okay that was fair fine. enough fair like enough. you got you have to kind of respect commit 
like when they commit to something so ridiculous. And it yeah. was Stephen Summers, the guy that did Van Helsing and the Mummy movies. Yeah. So, so you, I just knew I was going to be in for something dumb. Um, but I felt the same way about the original G.I. Joe. I was huffing and puffing and rolling my eyes in the movie theater, being really upset. And then about halfway through, I went, oh, right, if this was Saturday morning and I had a bowl of Cap'n Crunch Crunchberries in my lap, and this, I would be totally fine with this if this was an actual episode of the TV show. Yeah, there's a specific scene in the movie. I don't know the last time you guys actually saw it. I'm just like, this is all just like coming like a flashback, like I was triggered into this. But there's a specific scene where they're in- entering like the G.I. Joe station mm-hmm. and they're taking an elevator. The pit? Yeah, the pit. They're taking an elevator <laughs> the down. Station. And the, whatever. <laughs> I, my family wasn't rich enough to buy the pit. I never really knew. <laughs> we didn't even get full vehicles, man. Twenty five, five, please. <laughs> Go They're going down in this giant elevator, and you get to the level where it's all aquatic, mm-hmm. and it's literally a floor of submarines fighting. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the point in the movie where I realized, like, ah, oh, okay, I'm in. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I should rewatch it, although maybe I shouldn't. No. <laughs> I'm no. not sure which way I want to lean on this. I don't know. Where, I don't think you want to go there. Uh, he continues. Solo is what you get for ex- abandoning the expanded universe. JD recently retweeted an article that begged fans to save comic shops like they saved Star Wars. Fans didn't save Star Wars. Bandwagoners came back in droves when someone other than George Lucas decided to make Star Wars movies, but ignored it for 20 years when brilliant authors were writing novels that required just a hint of imagination to enjoy. Jen Erso, Ray, Laura Dern, and Kelly Marie Tran are stepping on the backs of numerous female Star Wars characters I'll never get to see. Uh, I'll just Wait, it. Are, are those... St- can you... Can you write back and give us example of those Star Wars characters of the, that these other new characters are stepping on the backs of? Because I would like a one-for-one comparison. I've never read the extended universe, mm-hmm. but I, I want to know. Because if these new characters fill a hole that he felt was filled by somebody else specifically, like tone-wise or character-wise or story-wise, point me in the direction. Like I, I feel like that's an empty kind of comparison. It's an empty kind of comparison, but, but it's, it's made all the more empty because... Those books aren't canon. Well, so why are they all women? Well, that's that's what he's well, he's, he's talking po- about. He's pointing. He's, to- he's talking about the women. Like yeah. the, uh, that's what I mean. Like which women characters are now not canon that were awesome? I would go back and read it. Oh. Like, is he saying uh, what? I guess what I'm asking is, he saying like there are these new female characters that are badass, but nobody was paying attention that there were better female characters that were badass in the extended universe. That's what it sounds like to me. Okay. Yes. I was just making sure. Like, I don't. I didn't understand like that connection at all. Just okay. like, hey, this thing was great. Here's some other things that sucked, but he didn't actually make the connection between the two. Yeah. Like one for one comparisons. I the uh, oh damn it! I had something to say and then I forgot it. Um, Christopher Goodnight, Star Wars. Oh, I take umbrage with the fact that he said bandwagoners jumped in after someone else took over after Lucas. Lucas f- fucked it up. Um, I was a super, I was huge into the original Star Wars trilogy. And then the prequels hurt me in my soul. And so I gave up and I just stopped caring. But I, even when I loved the original trilogy, I was never an extended universe guy. I never went out and, I, I think I may have tried to read one of the, I think it was like Dark Empire or something mm-hmm. uh, way back in the day where Luke, I think, turns, I think he goes to the dark side. And I, I was kind of intrigued by that. But the art on the book just didn't get me. So I just never spent much time with the extended universe shit. Right. Um, I think it's a little, just because you like Star Wars doesn't mean you have to absorb every single thing that has Star Wars on it. Exactly. And especially if um, it's true also about the comics about comic books and the comic book movies. People love their comic book movies, but there are some people that will always return to, wait for it, the source, which is the comic books, because that's their first and true love. They'll try their, these properties in other iterations, be they movies or animation or what have you, or, or novels, but they'll almost always come back to the source, or th- that's, where the, that's where they hearken from. That's where their true love comes from. With Star Wars, the source is wait for it, the movies. That's so you're waiting for, from the source, the movies. Mm. So when you've got these extended universes, you know, uh, and other people writing um, their uh, 
sanctioned fanfic there, of what's happening yep. in, in the universe, that's great. And if I want to, and if I want to test it out, that's cool. Otherwise, I'm going to wait for the source of the original creator to come back and do something, and that's what I'm going to follow. So I have I have two things that I agree, or I have two points to make. Um, one, uh, I forgot, so I'm going to go to the second one. <laughs> oh wait, okay, no, the first one, the first one I got. Um, do you do you think that there's no such thing, or or I'm wondering myself, is there a such thing really as um, cross crossing audiences? Is it really just like so? If I read the book, mm-hmm. I'll go see the movie that's based on the book. But it doesn't mean I'm going to keep going to the movies. If I see the movie that it's based on a comic, maybe I'll go try the comic, but that doesn't mean I'm going to keep reading the comics. So you've got like the comic audience, and you've got the movie audience, you've got the book audience, you've got the game audience. Do they really ever cross over to adopt a new media? Is that a myth? Because they always talk about how like these, these, movie, like, these, um, these comic book movies will drive people into the stores. Yeah. Are those, is it really just like a taste? Is, like, does that audience actually stick? Or is it like that's what I'm wondering? Like maybe, are we, are they fighting for an audience that doesn't really, or uh, this cross audience does it? Does it actually exist? I think part of the responsibility as a shop owner, part of the responsibility to me is, to me, mm-hmm. I, I have part of the responsibility for when someone comes in and goes, "Yo, Black Panther was that stuff." Where can I get some more? What do you recommend? It's on. It's up to me to go. Oh man, it's this one. It's this one. It's this one. You know what? If you like that one, yeah. there's this over here and this over here. Um, because the question is faulty. The question you're posing seems faulty to me because I am that person, yeah. and I, I watched movies, and then I started reading comic books, and then I watched more movies, and then I, you know what I mean. Like I'm one of the people who just absorbs all of the pop culture. Like I like video games, I like movies, I like comic books, I like novels. And if there's a novel that becomes a movie, Annihilation. I just read the the novel for Annihilation. I'm going to go see the movie. So, like, we exist. But I think that's more so within the last 10 to maybe 15 years that that's become the vogue thing to do. I think historically when superhero movies were really starting and you know you go back to like the first superman and mm. and um batman um uh what's his name tim burton's batman mm-hmm. you know thinking that they were going to drive people into the comic book stores i think the audience that they were going for were the people that still to a degree carried the stigma of comic books being for kids yeah. so they yeah. were for, for them their childhood was up on the screens but it didn't mean that they were going to revert back to their childhood and start yeah. picking up the comic books <laughs> slowly over the years that has changed it as that audience has has changed and matured and this culture has uh, permeated more into taking over pop culture itself mm-hmm. now I think it is more true that people go to the movies and certainly not all of them mm-hmm. but there are more than a few that w- that we see it here at the at the complex come in like yeah you know I heard about the Black Panther movie coming out I figured I, I need to go buy a couple of books and know what's going on see that like I know I know that we exist because I am also in that same crowd where it's just like I just like good whether yeah. it was sourced from someplace else or not. But that's I guess that's where my question actually comes from, the fact that like you've got these corporations or even and it with that email it becomes even a little bit more evident like with a fandom like Star Wars. They there are like contingents that just glom onto a specific type and won't cross over or I don't know, like they become so guarded and, and then we've got like these larger organizations that are trying to convert audiences. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's like a that's a faulty effort and really just focus on a product and people will find it. Or like you said, the, the onus is on like the shopkeeper or the, or even the, you know, the guy at the, the guy or girl at the box office who's just like, did you, you know, this is the third time you've come and seen black Panther. Did you know that this other movie's out? And you're just like something like this. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I, every time I hear an argument like that, where it's just like, this was this and not this. It's like, that hurts me. That hurts me every single time. Some, and I don't want to use the word nerd on the internet, but I'll do it. Like, the people on the internet who are just like, oh, well, that wasn't exactly how it happened in the comic books. Blah. I'm like, why would you want that? 
You read the comic book. You yeah. want to watch the same exact thing played out? Why would you? There's no surprise to that. There's no originality. There's no um, passion to it. It's just you get Zack Snyder's Watchmen. Well, even that made a little bit of a change, right? Mm-hmm. With the uh, the giant vagina monster. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. You know, which yeah. made much better change, I'm going to say. So um, then you get Zack Snyder's 300. Yeah, yeah. Word yeah, yeah. Word. Although I did enjoy it, he did a I pretty good that. job. Yeah, that's why it was his other good movie. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Dawn of the Dead. I said other good movie. Oh, okay, okay. Well, actually, I like Watchmen. So it's yeah, I like I Watchmen. Did, I did my watch. Two and a half good movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though, even though the the half will still be the Watchmen seven hour cut, that's still half a good movie. <laughs> even though it's seven goddamn hours, which I own. Um, Are you serious? Dude? Yeah, yeah. Because it, I mean, it's not seriously seven hours. It's like pretty long. It's it's the film. Plus, it's the animated oh, Black the, Freighter put right. back into it. Plus, it's the deleted scenes with like the guys at the um, the uh, newsstand that you mm-hmm. don't even see in the in the trailer. And then, sorry, in the theater cut, it's like I'm an extended. You. Plus, everything's jammed back in. What when you read Watchmen? Yeah, you have to read the the newsstand stuff because that's mm-hmm. kind of like you know there's stuff happening in the background. Yeah. of that scene, so you have to kind of read that. Do you read the the sailor stuff? Oh, the Black Freighter. So, for anyone who doesn't know, in the Watchmen graphic novel series, one of the best graphic novels of all time, you should buy it and read it. Um, so, the end of every chapter, there are things from within the universe, mm-hmm. but also threaded throughout the plot of the comic book is a kid who goes to the newsstand that used to exist on street corners and sits and reads an issue of a comic book called The Black Freighter. It's an old pirate comic book. And you, as the audience of The Watchmen, are also experiencing the comic book from within the comic book. Right. Just just as a quick, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read it the... F- it took me three times to get through Watchmen because I was young. Okay. And I got bored. And then, so finally, when I got through it, I sat through. I'm going to sit through. I'm going to watch the whole. I'm going to read the whole thing. I'm going to read all the little, the mm-hmm. novel, the, all the shit. I did read it. Ever since then, I kind of skip it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now that I know it, I kind of just skip it because that's not the meat and the gristle of the of the book for me. Right. It's just like, oh, isn't this a cute thing I'm doing? Right. You know what I mean? And I, to this day, don't really care about it. Okay. Does that did it answer your question? No, it answered my question. Yeah. I've never read it. Oh, like you've never read the Black Freighter part? Never. You're fine. It doesn't add anything to the story as far as I'm concerned. I would say like you could skip the Black Freighter stuff, but if you get a chance read the ant like the uh the extra the matter. So like the like the the copies of newspaper clippings. Oh no, I've read stuff. those. Yeah, read that. I've read those. That's, that's awesome. kind of cool cuz that like, yeah. like feeds but into the world. The Black Freighter stuff now. Nah. And did you like everyone's up to date on Doomsday Clock, right? Um, I think I'm an issue behind, but you're talking about what the Black Freighter of Doomsday Clock? That's pretty cool. I like that a lot. It was pretty slick. Do you want to tell the people? Uh, no, pick up a copy. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> shit. Uh, he's, um, Jeff John seems to be weaving in a old noir movie marathon that's on TV. So like this, they're breaking into um, scenes with these other, like scenes in the book with scenes from a old noirish detective movie. So like you're, but with the Black Freighter, it was literally like the comic pages in between chapters. Like it's just a shot of the kid about to open the book, and then it's just the shots. Whereas this is being woven into, yeah, like it's into not, the background. It's not taking a break from to show you. It's yeah. it should be interesting. It's kind of cool. Um, so did that? Did we answer all the questions? What happened? Where are we at? More of an email, right? I think we have. Is there uh, more email? I think he has one more point bip on his email. Yes, my favorite Teen Titans story. Oh, oh. Is Titans of Tomorrow by Jeff Johns? Oh yeah, all right. Which, which uh, with James Tyne, Tyne, and Super Sons, Teen Tyne. Titans just brought back into continuity by having Cassie, Bart, Connor, and Tim show up as Wonder Woman, Flash, Superman, and Batman. Yeah, I remember being that was kind of cool. It also got a thumbs up from Noel. You can't see it because this is a audio. It's medium. It's like one of the only runs of Teen Titans I've ever read. Like I, I actually wasn't ever really a big fan of Teen Titans, but I became a fan of Jeff Johns. So I think it was during Infinite Crisis around that same time. Mm, I've never so, read it. So I, I went back and I read his like two or three arcs of Teen Titans, and I really liked them. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think Jeff Johns did an excellent run on Teen Titans. Um, that's one of my favorite runs besides the Wolfman Perez, which I'm now, I finally got a hold of, uh, we were talking about it a couple episodes ago, mm-hmm. the Judas Contract, because I was watching the DC animated film, that's right. Right. Yeah, so uh, I finally tracked it down and um, I read the first issue. And you're right. Problematic. <laughs> totally. Tara wearing her pink little yes. slip with all her, she, and you can, um, the, because the, of the subtle, coloring. The subtlety of it is really nice, though. Yeah. Where she's a teenager and not that well versed on like seduction, mm-hmm. obviously, thankfully. And so you can tell she like overdid her makeup, right. and she's wearing like this like frilly pink kind of um, slip in mm-hmm. order to seduce Wade. Um, Man, yeah, just, it was a nice little touch of like her her cheeks were a little too red. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, she's obviously trying a little too hard to impress this older man, and yeah, creepy. It's creepy, right? Creepy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I finally finished Teen Titans versus the Justice League. That was awesome. Then I finished Justice. Le- I'm sorry, Teen Titans: The Judas Contract, which was pretty good. Okay, it I wasn't haven't. amazing, but it was it was it was good. So thank you so much, Christopher St. Saucy. Good night. We love it when you email. Although, I'll be honest, Len, we were looking through our emails this week, mm-hmm. and it felt a little dry. Oh, that's fine. No, it's not. Uh, I need constant validation. <laughs> constant. Yeah, but with all due respect, the validation comes from people downloading the show, it's listening true. to the show, and yeah. enjoying it. Yeah. The emails, which are almost all always Christopher St. Saucy good night <laughs> and uh, every once in a while you Lynn. know Lynn well Lynn Lynn writes when we ask some for someone to write mm-hmm. other than other than that she's listening to it and just enjoying the show yeah you know uh you got the home dad abroad who when he's able to he sends an email yeah um but for the most part it's Chris and every once in a while I have a couple of the, the Black Triples fans that, that pipe in but knowing that we get good download numbers people appreciate the show Oh, see, I don't see download numbers, so I have no idea. I feel like I'm screaming into the void unless I get an email. No, we're we're doing fine. Great. Yay. Thanks, guys. Somebody came into the the store. Yeah. And they asked, because we were comic book guys during during the break. Oh, just now. Yes, during the break, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully the seamless break, (laughs) because Len edited it. Um... Asked whether or not. Oh, is it spoilers? Well, like, yeah. I know that half the country has seen Black Panther now, but it, he asked specifically about a spoiler in the film. Oh Jesus! All right, so That's such a good count point, countdown. Listen, if you guys haven't seen Black Panther, first of all, stop listening to this. Why aren't you watching Black Panther? Um, but if you haven't seen Black Panther just yet, we're going to count down to a spoiler. Warning, yes. Yeah, five. We're going to give you a countdown to five. We're going to say spoiler warning. And then just jump ahead, like in, I don't know, five minutes. Yeah. Um, all right. Five, four, three, two, one. Spoiler alert. Go ahead. He asked whether or not, as comic book guys, do we believe that Killmonger is really dead? Oh, Jesus. Spoil. Come on, dude. You just. <laughs> so. Okay. And we said that, you know, in the comics, no. But in the movie, we're pretty sure he's, he's dead. dead. He's dead. And he and and the 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 customer, um, Bruce. Yes. Who said that? Um, said that you know he felt bad because he really like you know he really mm-hmm. liked Killmonger, which is the whole point of it. Mm-hmm. The whole. I believe. I believe he also said, "Fuck Loki." Yeah. <laughs> we get Loki over and over again, but can kill Killmonger. That's Fuck exactly Loki. what he said. Yeah. <laughs> Those words exact words. Fuck Loki. Um. <laughs> That was, that was all right. That was pretty That's pretty funny. Maybe the title of this this yeah. episode. The, the, yes. Fuck Loki. Well, you could put a little asterisk in there. Yeah. There you go. Fuck Loki. <laughs> it's, anyway, so um, but that's the whole point of how good a character Killmonger was. Yep. Was that you know you felt both sides of the coin there, and you really felt it when he died. I I literally teared up. When he said, just what, bury me in the ocean? In the ocean or the seas? I don't know, like verbatim. Seas, but ba- seas, because that's why they jumped over, overboard. Yeah, yeah my yeah, forefathers I'd, knew it was better to live in, to, to die, die than to live in bondage. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I had a single tear just rolling down my cheek. Ah, he was awesome. What a great villain. 
And that's why I think that it would be awesome if so we like after Bruce was it yes. mentioned this we fanficked for like two minutes <laughs> yeah, sure like did. like flat out nerds. <laughs> so technically, Killmonger was a panther and the king of Wakanda for a hot minute. Yes, he meaning, was Gerald. He was Gerald Ford. Meaning. He technically could be in the soul world or whatever we're going to call it that the the Black Panthers can go and see their forefathers. Harlem. The ancestral realm. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the ancestral Wakanda realm. Wakanda in Harlem. So, in a sequel or anything else, how awesome would it be if T'Challa eats the root, gets buried, and then he goes and powwows with Killmonger either in, in the old uh, Oakland apartment? Like, yeah. Because it's, it's maybe Killmonger's version of him and his father. And it is. Oh God, that would be so great. And and T'Challa has a connection to there as mm-hmm. well because that's where his father, you know, mm-hmm. let him down in his eyes to a degree, you know, what I mean? or his father became human. It there, he, he his father came off of the pedestal in his head. So yes, it would be cool if they were just sitting there, mm-hmm. you know, in in that apartment, and they were they were just chopping it up. And he was talking about it because Killmonger definitely has a point of view, mm-hmm. uh, especially now that T'Challa. Is opening the world up, you know, Wakandan world up to to the world and America, mm-hmm. you know, with Killmonger's viewpoint of America, he could give him such insight. Oh, it'd be so fucking. I would watch cool. the fuck out of that. That would be awesome. Like a, uh, just like a contentious but respect relationship of, I don't know. It would just be so. It would be so great, even just for a cameo, mm-hmm. like a good yeah. five ten minute scene of. Uh, now, now Noel had mentioned something when we had done our podcast on it on Cold Pop about the Soul Gem. Yeah, I keep calling it Soul World. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, have you ever in the comic book you can you've Adam Warlock um, has existed, has lived inside the Soul, the Soul Gem. Gem. So, uh, Noel had posited that the ancestral realm, which is all purple, was all the everyone's. They're all living in the Soul Gem. And that's where, since it's been since the inception of Wakanda, that meteor has been there, and maybe the soul gem has been there, and that all of the the um, panther gods gods wind or, up, or, or the panthers. kings, the Black Panthers, yeah. go and they live inside the soul gem. So like uh, the way that it is in the comic books, the this when they would talk about how like you're just inside the soul gem mm-hmm. when you die by it or whatnot, it's an actual like world like it's a yeah. it's a place that they kind of create in their own minds and they live there and they live out they live out full lives and have full mm-hmm. relationships so i don't know i just thought like it makes perfect sense that they eat they like if they eat the root and then they're able to like see into this world and it's all of their ancestors in the form that they see themselves in which is the panther like it's almost like the the culture and forming the vision, but the vision is fueled by the stone, if that's even a thing. I thought I thought that, like, if they were going to tie anything in, because that's the one stone that's missing in the MCU now. Yeah. That actually makes sense, especially if you try to craft an, what the story of Infinity War is from the trailer. Mm-hmm. That kind of makes sense. You know, maybe Thanos going there, to, and you saw all the Wakandan warriors yeah. and Avengers, you know, finding out. Um Ryan Coogler has said that he purposely kept the soul gem out of the film because mm-hmm. he felt with vibranium the the sh- the movie had enough, and, and, and he was right. You know, he didn't want to burden so, it with it. I read that same thing, but was he saying that he purposely didn't say where it was, or that it was omitted from the movie altogether? Like, can they go back and be like, no, no, that's what that was, I but fe- not say it? I felt like he said it was omitted from the movie altogether. Altogether, yeah, I read which that means too. that, which means that you know, you know, somebody else is writing Infinity War. They could also posit it just the way you just said. Yeah. It actually makes sense, so that the Soul Gem is not the root that is powering the Black Panthers, because that would be we- that w- that wouldn't work. I wouldn't. I don't like that. I like oh, it. Yeah. I, I like it just being the herb. You know, now if the soul gem maybe, you know, powered the herb. Yeah, mutated the herb or whatnot. Right, that's yeah. Well, that's what I take from yeah, it. But it, yeah. but it let them just connect to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, especially now that, you know, he's, the, you know, Killmonger burned all of them. Or mm-hmm. we think, is whatever, killed them all to the root or whatever. Um, if, 
I like the idea that maybe the soul gem is like in, in, encased in the vibranium or some crap. Yeah, like, like it, like because well, it just it makes perfect sense. So like, if Earth has the last one, it fell in a meteor thousands right. and thousands of years ago, and there's got this vibranium, which yeah. is all part of the story. Like it, it just writes itself. I love that idea so much. When you when you said that, I was like, <gasps> amazing. It does make sense. It yeah. makes a lot of sense. Now, I, I was looking for a connection, and I just thought that that might be one, but. Yeah. It may be. It, it may not be. It, it's it's yeah. a logical connection. It's a great connection, and it doesn't negate anything that happened in Black Panther. That's mm-hmm. the, the wonderful thing that I like about it. It's not like they're trying to retcon anything there. Well, actually, I, that would be the perfect kind of retcon, though. The one that actually makes sense of a story point from something else. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. That's a Jeff Johns. Worthy I was right. getting ready to say a Jeff Johns. Nice. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. Very, very true. But this also plays into in Infinity War. Somebody, uh, I forget what podcast was i listening to oh i was listening to a geek history lesson hmm. um which is a very cool podcast yeah have you ever no either no, guys listen it's a podcast where it's this two these guys and these girls they take one character or construct from uh comic books and they just give a lesson on explaining what the, the history of that and i think that was like really really dope is it off of memory or is it sourced no he they, they research it and everything like that and and but they also give their their um their personal touches mm-hmm. in there like like the first thing that they do is the meet cute which is like where did they first come across this oh. character or construct That's so it's cool. really cool so they were talking about the best marvel couples right and um of all time and they, they touched on scarlet witch and vision mm-hmm. and uh the guy and I, I forget their name his name um he mentioned you know going into infinity war that it is guaranteed a given that the vision is not only going to die in infinity war but that thanos is going to rip him apart well i think in the trailer they see him you see thanos taking the gem out of vision's face don't they it's not thanos that's doing it i think it's um either proxima midnight or corvus clave whoever has the scythe weapon Ah. cassius clay corvus clay yes cassius clay (laughs) Yeah. I like this. <laughs> um, the 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 scythe weapon is like they they have a shot of it just going into his okay. head, and he's I, yeah, it's not it's not Thanos, but yeah, his his Black Order. Oh, I just thought that was cool mm-hmm. because I hate the Vision. <laughs> yeah, so I I long for the Vision to just get ripped. I like the Vision, face. like many like many things with this Marvel film universe. I like the uh, actors. More okay. than I like the character. So you like Paul Bettany? I like Paul Bettany as the Vision. Mm-hmm. Do I care about the Vision? Not a whit. Not a whit. Except the Vision series by Tom King from two years ago, which is still one of my favorite comics. If you haven't read Vision by Tom King, that's awesome. I don't give a fuck. And I've never understood that whole relationship. I've never understood Vision and Wanda. Because but like, he's, he's an a, android? Yeah. yeah but she's, a, she's a, a woman that doesn't really understand herself. I guess. It just it never seemed like a it just seemed like a weird thing to do. To be honest, um, they're for some reason they make more sense than the couple that is heralded as the the premier or the first family of Marvel. Reed and Sue. Reed and Sue. They make more sense. They make more sense to me in that Sue, when written correctly. I don't see her being attracted to Reed. Oh. I could certainly see Reed being attracted to Sue. Yeah, I can yeah. see Reed needing Sue to keep him grounded yeah. before he gets lost in his brain. I don't see Sue being attracted to him. Now, nor do I see Sue being attracted to Namor. I don't, you know, mm. that never made any sense. Well, that makes sense from a, like, a, just like as a guy point of view. Yeah. Um, but, but see, I live, I live in that world. I don't see Sushan being attracted to me. But I'm attracted to Sushan, my wife. So <laughs> I kind of get the read thing. Like, I'm, why, I don't. Why does she? Why is she with me? I yeah, don't I get it. I can see that. Yeah, yeah I don't see. Fuck it you. <laughs> Listen. Yes. Mar. Huh? Just Mar- <laughs> say. Marvel Comics. Just recently, I want to say yeah. maybe two months ago. Um, um, would you say that's correct, Noel? Uh-huh. Wait, huh? what? You mean legacy? <laughs> legacy. Legacy. Um, 
I want to say like October. Is that your thinking? October, November, December, January. Oh shit, that was like four months ago. All right, that was that was a hot minute ago. So, um, so uh, Marvel about four months ago did a thing called Marvel Legacy. There was a big number one double sized issue came out called Marvel Legacy, and they said, you know what, guys, you are so sick and tired of all these reboots, these new number ones. We're going to go back and we're going to give you what you want, which is the legacy of Marvel Comics that is, has, has long been tradition here on the, in the Merry House of Mayhem, whatever the fuck they call themselves. <sighs> and then so like Venom number fucking eight went to Venom number 152. How did they figure that? They, just, like, they counted them and guessed. <laughs> um, so, and I said, all right, that's cool. So now, you know, instead of Mar- uh, Venom number eight, you're going to buy Venom number 162. Great. there, That's awesome. I don't care one way or the other. And then today they said, hey, there's going to be a new initiative to Marvel because C.B. Sebelewski has taken over. Sebelski? Sebelski. C.B. Sebelski has taken over as EIC? Which, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's taking over Axel Alonso's job, so that's yeah. editor-in-chief, yeah. And so now what they're doing is a quote-unquote fresh start. Also, too, um, it should be noted that I guess he's like being shadowed by Mark or Casada. Because, like, to transition the roles, like, Casada's going to be more on the printing side now for at least the next couple of months. So all of this stuff that's happening, it's, I don't know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he's potentially also behind that as well. Got his mitts in it, too, yeah. So it's, it's called Fresh Start, right? Does it actually have a name? Quote, unquote, Fresh Start. So while you're, while you're Googling, I will keep talking ad nauseum. So now yes. Avengers number one is coming again. Yeah, that's okay. So currently they're doing the Avengers No Surrender, which is keeping the old numbering, right? So it's like on 680 or 682 or something. Yep. And then as soon as that's over, the the 16 issue story that that is is over. They relaunch with a new number one with Jason Aaron. So I think they've done literally one story with the new numbering, and now they're fucking renumbering it again. Now, I was pretty. I won't say hot under the collar, but my taint was warm about it, and. Mm, warm taint. Mm, like this warm cider we're drinking. How did you get that far? So like warm under the collar? No, it's hot under the collar, but warm under the taint because it builds from the toes up. Right. So. It so my taint was warm, but I wasn't hot under the collar just yet. So it's how many degrees of anger is that from your taint to your collar? I'm not going to justify that with a response because I don't have an answer because I'm making this shit up on the fly. So anyway, my point is yeah. I, I wasn't digging it. I thought you guys just did this whole n- renumbering thing and you promised you weren't going to be re- restarting series again. And I was feeling a certain kind of way about it. But now I read they, they clarified and they said, well, and pardon me, I'm grabbing a number at random here. Avengers number one is also going to be Avengers number 763, right? So who had done this, Len, back when you were reading single issues? Yes. Someone had done this. Was it Marvel or DC? I want to think it was Marvel. Oh, and actually, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I just remembered. It was Marvel after Heroes Reborn. Mm-hmm. So Heroes Reborn had started and had their own numbering. And then when they started folding them into regular Bring Marvel continuity, yeah. it, would, it would be like uh, Fantastic Four number 35 with like a slightly lighter looking you know, Avengers number 573. Exactly. So yeah. So that's what they'll be doing here. Each number is going to have, each issue is going to have two numbers. Do you guys think that that is more confusing, less confusing, or what? Actually, I think it's just more of a, an issue of commitment. So like do one or the other and just commit to it. So like I'm, I'm reading through the press release and it says something like, um, Marvel will be abandoning confusing renumbering of September's Marvel legacy, which renumbered every Marvel title as if it had never been relaunched or renumbered. As an example, black Panther number 18 in September was followed by black Panther 166. Yeah. Which was pretty confusing, especially when I have to go back. Like I have peak customers who come in and they go, Oh, you know what? I lost some issues of black Panther. Can you catch them? Catch me up. So then I have to go black Panther number seven, black Panther number eight, Black Panther number nine. Oh, there wasn't a Black Panther number nine. All right, so it was one of the legacy numbers. How what fucking number was it? So it was pretty confusing just from a retailer perspective trying to figure out which one was which. I feel 
I feel like this is actually speaking to what Noel said. I think this is actually a level of commitment that is rarely seen mm-hmm. in uh, the in the comics by the comic book company because when how can I put this? Well, you could when you're in a fu- shitty way when you're fucking with somebody, uh-huh. you just want to really just put your whole penis into them and just fuck them. None mm-hmm. of this just the tip shit? None of this just the tip. I don't think I need the mic right on me for that <laughs> one. <laughs> just, you just want the whole dick in them. As you would say, as as Optimus Douche would say on the other show, balls deep. You want balls, you want balls deep. I was going to say to the nut, but I didn't know no, we already man. had a colloquialism uh, for it. Yes. The um, Marvel has long been balls deep in their fans. Why stop now? Why not just put the whole, just take all just of the cram nuts, the balls just cram up in there the too. Nuts, all <laughs> up in there. Making hand motions and how that would work. And it's just, exactly. It's, it's really uncomfortable. Because they don't give a fuck. You are going to read it. You're going to buy their $6.99 single issues. They can call... Sell it for six ninety nine because it's two numbers on it, so it's actually two books in Double one. Double the book. Hang on, I, to counter, do you you think that maybe at least at some levels of the of the company or just in you know, it's almost a good thing that they realize like this shit didn't work, and now they're re re uh, like re rethinking it or re going back. No, because now it's just all no. about new number ones. No. Because if you if you really thought like you said, it's, well, a month, devil's advocate. Okay, yeah. devil's advocate. Yeah, you're like a month or two into this, and you're like, eh, this is we shit the you know shit the pooch on this one. Fuck that. We shit the pooch. You know what I mean? So, so, why did you eat the pooch? <laughs> <laughs> hey, have you ever had shitty pooch? It's delicious. The pooch or shit the bed. Somebody, I'm forget it. Like, okay, devil's advocate. They said that. Then you just go back to the numbering. Yeah. You just go you just go hardcore back. You don't bullshit with this, you know, big nut, little nut letter numbers and all that shit. You just go back to the numbering of what it was mm-hmm. and you keep it fucking moving. Or you really don't give a fuck and you just start all the fuck over yeah. and just say everybody's number one. Well, you get a one and you get a every one. Every single one, like the big two do this constantly where it's just they want to have their cake and eat it too. Is they want to be a part of like this this 75 year legacy but they also want to just keep being fresh and keep being renewed. So like DC does it in one way which is constant relaunches or, or new initiatives, right? Mm-hmm. Of... Just good or bad, that's what they do. And Marvel does it this other way with these new, like, with, with their series of soft reboots. And I say soft with air quotes because technically the Marvel Universe has never been rebooted. Right. However, it has been reshaped and renumbered. And right. Marvel now, and then all new Marvel now. Not even and then- that. It's just like the, so the, core, the stories themselves have always been contiguous. So, like, they've never done a Earth ship. They've never technically rebooted anything. That's true. So even with secret, even with uh, secret wars, secret wars, yeah, Mm -hmm. they blew everything up, but then rebuild everything, omitting a couple things here and there. But technically, none of those stories never stopped existing, right? Right. Whereas DC has done the, you're fucked. This character, they don't exist anymore. Shit like that. So like, I don't know. They they both have pros and cons. Whereas it's either one way where it's like fuck it, just do it, or the other way where it's like. They massage both, it here, massage it there. Both companies could take a lesson from Archie. Yeah. Archie, they still kind of do what they've always done, right? But then they have the rebooted series by Mark Wade. Mm-hmm. Then they've got the horror series. Then they've got, they took Sabrina and they re- reworked her. You know what I mean? Which everybody is like falling in love Marvel with. Marvel did do that. Marvel did do that a couple of years ago with their um, their X Men series. So they had what was currently going on, which I think at the time was Bendis's run on all new X Men. But then at the same time, they had Claremont writing the Extreme X Men or something, which was a direct continuation of his early shit. They had um, Louis Simonston 
doing X Factor, which was a direct continuation from the 90s. So, so like, they had these completely different things running at the same time. X-Men 92? Yeah, X-Men 92 was one. Like, just... So, like, they've tried it. I just just don't know if it sticks, right? No, here's the difference. They were trying that, but along the same time when they were trying that was when they started um, de-emphasizing the X-Men in their line. Or they would soon after start Mm -hmm. de-emphasizing the X-Men in their line for marketing purposes as far as the movies and everything goes. So, they never really... Committed to it. Mm-hmm. If they really wanted to truly commit to that shit, they would just do that line wide, and mm-hmm. just keep, which basically is all the fuck they're doing right now. <laughs> yeah. So why don't they just like you know take because every once in a while when you're fucking, you have to take the dick out and reintroduce the penis. So they need to just come assuming out. we're we're working with heteronormative standards. Why? You can put the. I'm not I'm saying where saying, the penis is. I'm just saying not always. But penis I'm not saying always where the involved. penis is. I'm not saying where the penis. Okay, it's, all right. It may not always be a ball. There all right, go. all right. Assuming Marvel's a guy. Yes. All right. There we go. All right. Okay. I'm just saying. Is that better? It's fine. Thank you. All right. So they could take the penis out and then reintroduce the penis. And just, it's a good move. It's a good move. Consensually. Yeah. Consensually. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, that's what they, that's what they I, want to do. Because I give consent with my dollars when it comes to Marvel. Um, you know, a lot of people have been coming. I had, a, I had a block a motherfucker because he wouldn't shut up about Marvel's uh, diversity initiative and how I was a big proponent of it. And oh, I thought you were saying because he wouldn't take his penis out. Because my, my man would not take his penis out. <laughs> you got to come at me. You got to come at me correct with your dick out. So, yeah, he wouldn't, he wouldn't shut up about the fucking thing um, about the... Initiative, and he, he knew a guy who had a comic shop, and that comic shop closed because people stopped buying Marvel because of the di- diversity initiative. Did he only ever um, sell Marvel comics? That was my response. I said I flourished under it because I liked those books, and I was able to sell them to people who also liked those books. And saying that a comic shop closed because Marvel people stopped buying Marvel is like saying that uh, people stopped watching HBO, so your television store closed. Like... It's a medium. <laughs> it's a channel. That's it's an entire medium. Well, it's the media, not the medium. So, like the medium right. would be comic books in general, whereas just one part of that media is yeah. DC. So, like, right. if he only ever sold Marvel books, it is this is my Marvel comic shop, and yeah. we only sell Marvel comics. <laughs> yeah, then that's a problem. Anyway, it's neither here nor there. My point this being that he had um, opened a, a comic book store called Hulk. I've gotten this, some. This I've gotten. This, 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 yeah, we only sell <laughs> one. It's all like it's just D-Man comics. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, the most nothing character that's been redone like forty-five. It's D-Man and Squirrel Girl all day, all the walls. That's that's a deep cut. Nice. So um, yeah, I've taken some flack for really appreciating the diversity push from Marvel. Um, I will say that this is tiresome. This sort of reboot, um, and then we're, oh, we're not going to reboot anymore, and then psych, here's another reboot. That sort of stuff drives me nuts. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not going to stand behind that sort of decision. It just, it, it seems like flip-floppy and, uh, and disingenuous. And, and yeah, but while you say you're not going to stand behind that decision, you, especially I'm as a retailer. I'm still going to read them. No, I mean, I'm going to speak out about it and be like, this is frustrating for me as a retailer. But you're still going to read it. Right, because I enjoy the characters and I enjoy the creative teams. I'm not going to stop reading something that I enjoy just because renumbering is frustrating. That's why. That's when you stop buying the single issue. I oscillate between being jaded and just excited about anything. Mm -hmm. So because I do like these characters, it's just like I'm jaded on one end where it's just like, God, why the fuck does it matter? And why do you have to do this? And why do you have to do that? And why it's a soft reboot bullshit. But then I'm also, I'm always slightly excited about just like, ooh, new stuff. Who's the team for the Avengers? Oh, the art and writing team? Or the characters? Oh, I... Art and writing. Uh, Jason Aaron and Ed McGinnis. Jason Ed Aaron McGinnis. and Ed McGinnis. That's a weird one. Ed McGinnis is weird. I thought you said it was Sarah Pacelli. Well, no. Th- okay, so Sarah Pacelli is doing the free comic book day Avengers oh. with Jason Aaron. So, like, the yeah. precursor to their... I want Jason Aaron and Sarah Pacelli. No offense to Ed McGinnis. But, like, that's a team I'm excited about. Yeah, look at this. Uh, Avengers number one, Ed McGinnis and Jason Aaron. So, it's a team comprised of old school Thor. Like a- the Odinson. Um, Black Panther, Captain America, Captain Marvel, Tony Stark, got some Doctor Strange, Ghost Rider, and Shoot. Jennifer Walters. Yeah. Now, now I'm excited about that. Remind me, is Ed McGinnis known for being timely on delivering a comic? Beefy. No, I bet you $1,000 he's going to do like the first 
three to four page, first three to four issues, the first arc, quote unquote. Yeah. And then it's going to be someone else. Yeah. It'll yeah. be Mike Diodato. I hope not, because I do not like Mike Diodato. I love muddy action comics because <laughs> they're always just like super inked and muddy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I just yeah. I'm frustrated by the constant renumbering and all that stuff. It just it makes it confusing. Um, but on the other hand, as a retailer, I see a bump. Every time there's a number one, I can order more of that number one because I know I'll have longer to sell it because it's a jumping on point. Do you guys think this is, uh, so like just slightly above this press release, do you think that this is like a line of demarcation when it comes to pre and post Bendis Marvel? Because they're doing this at the exact same time that all of his books are currently ending and he's jumping ship over to DC. So do you think this is, maybe not even like literally, but just tonally, company-wise, because he really was kind of the backbone of that company for a long time. So do you think this is them like kind of, not as a direct reaction, but almost just like a subconscious reaction of like, we need to reestablish ourselves right here in this moment. Self-consciously, I could say, because haven't they... While he's still been a part of their their writing core, haven't they kind of moved away from being singularly his voice a couple of years ago? Um, yeah, I, I would say yeah. Like with Jason Aaron taking yeah. over on like some big events and and Rick Remender doing some stuff. Yeah, yeah, I would say yes. Yeah. Slowly, yeah, but just thematically losing. No, I hear you. Like some. A force like that. Mm-hmm. That's a good. That's a good point. And I was listening to the Bendis tapes, which is a uh, word balloon John Sundress's um, uh, podcast, and they had like a two-hour conversation with Brian Michael Bendis after he had his bout with MRSA. He almost, dude, almost died. Yeah. He went blind. Sounded awful. Sounds terrible. Now I had, I had the flu just recently, and I was like, oh man, I got MRSA. All my necrotic. Yeah. All my flesh is necrotic. Um, but um, he had mentioned on that podcast that he went over to D.C. The thing that, d- that made him go over to D.C. was their new publishing initiatives, which he thought were very forward-thinking and very different for the, for the comics community at large. And that's why he, he made the big decision ultimately. And I'm curious to see what those initiatives are that D.C. has coming. He, 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 we're like, we're going to recap a podcast on this podcast. But, um, there were, yeah, there were two things that, that got him to kind of like move. But the first one wasn't that. The first one was the fact that he, they were like bending over backwards to figure out what he hasn't done already. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like it really was He's kind of like a what he, like they were offering him Deadpool to, to one degree where it's just like, you haven't done this yet? Yeah. Like with their arms up, like what do you want to do? Yeah. And then at the same time, those initiatives. And he kind of touched into some of them a little bit when it comes to his Jinx World titles, which we're going to move over. Um, He's going to have another imprint of his own. Just like how, what is the Gerard Way has one, and then he was talking too about like printing types and uh, aspect ratios for certain books and and types of binding. Like some of his titles are going to go directly to graphic novels, some mm-hmm. are going to be digital. So, so like, I don't know if it's reinventing the wheel so much as leveraging all of these other things that they were right. at least telling him that he could try. Yeah. So yeah, I think that'll be really interesting to see in the next year. And then I saw DC had also, they're creating a, a an all-ages line of superheroes, I think. Yeah. I forget what it's called. It's not DC Superhero Girls, which is actually doing very well. God damn it, don't. You can't go on the Bleeding Cool in my store. Bleeding Cool is, uh, <laughs> it's foreboding. But um, anyway, yeah, I'm curious to see what DC has coming out. Um, but whatever happened to the Earth Ones? That was sort of. They're still happening. Oh, are they? Yeah, because um. Green Lantern's coming out. Yeah, Hard, uh, Gabriel Hardman and yeah. Karina Petko. Yeah. yeah. But where's more Superman and more Batman and more Teen the Titans? The Super One Man ended. Oh, is that done? It was three volumes. I didn't read the third one. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't really missing that one. But like Batman, I liked. That was the only one. Or is there two of them? Teen There's Titans. Two. Yeah, there was two Batman. Two Batman. There was two Teen Titans. Uh, there was one Wonder Woman. One Wonder Woman. Oh, but I've heard that I've heard there's another one. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah that second one's coming this year. Yeah. yeah. And the same, and it's a Piquette. I think he's doing it too. Oh, yeah. But anyway, I was just um, frustrated by the Marvel news again. Uh, I don't know. So how is this technically, well, it is different, but how? with that in mind, how do you feel about how they're going to handle the Superman numbering coming out of 1,000? Explain it. All right, so the way that they're doing, like, 
because Superman is going to pretty much be Bendis's corner of DC for a while. So Action Comics 1000 is coming out. And then a couple weeks after that, uh, there's going to be a small story in Action Comics of Bendis's, about Bendis's run. A few weeks after that, um, a weekly series called Man of Steel is coming out. Six issues, weekly series. A la John Byrne in the 80s. Exactly, except it's going to be six different artists, like Superman artists. So Ivan Rice is doing one. Uh, Doc Shaner's doing one. Uh, and I forget the others. Yeah. Um, and then after those six, Action Comics 1001, but then also a relaunched Superman number one. Ah. Superman is going to deal with Clark Kent mainly so investigative journalism the whole team the squad and then Superman just kind of shows up whereas Action Comics is going to be continuation of all of that other stuff makes sense doesn't bother me I, that doesn't bother me at all like that's that's like a cake and eating it to kind of scenario right so like in one full narrative you've got two add-on stories a mini series two series one renumbered one not mm-hmm. So that's pretty much everything that you've just kind of complained about when it comes to what DC's do or Marvel's doing, all encompassed with just this one character at DC. Yeah, and they could have done that with Avengers. They could have done True. Avengers number so fucking nine hundred and seventy-three, but then, but then, but then another Avengers book. This is they're taking the same book and rebooting it over and over and over and over again. Oh well. Yeah. So I was saying if they do Avengers number seven hundred and whatever. Keep moving that one forward, and then you come. If you want to do another Avengers book, Avengers fucking red, whatever. Um, and then introduce blue, and then introduce the yeah, yeah, and then black, yeah. So um, those are two. I think those are slightly different. When it comes to Avengers, so right now there's like three Avengers titles, right? So there's like well, no, there's only one right now. Up until this, there was U.S. Avengers and fucking Uncanny I, uh, I, Avengers I, yeah. and Sexy Avengers. Avengers. Yes, yeah. Um, and then after this, they all become the one. So like now it's just Avengers, but then it's only going, like the press release said that it's only going to be Avengers one now, mm-hmm. no more of these other ones. Yeah. So it's what you just said, other than the number consolidating them all to one story. Yeah. And they started with a new number one as opposed to 702. Yep. And did you just say like, that's what you didn't want, but that's what they're doing or that's what you didn't want them to do, but that's what they're doing. Like, am I confused? I don't like it. Oh, you don't. But then again, I was complaining happen? about it. But he's saying, how is what DC is doing different? Because it's technically not. So like they're keeping the numbering, mm-hmm. but then relaunching something else with a new numbering. Yes. But you said that you want all the Avengers to just go to one. And keep no, I didn't. What are you talking about? No, no, I'm confused. <laughs> no, I didn't. We're all going to them all anyway. It's, it's true. Fun. Except Len. He'll wait for the trades. Which um, is the way to go. It's true. It's true. Um... They're they're bo- they're both doing the same. They're both having the same problem. They're both renumbering all of their books over and over and over again ad nauseum, and it gets confusing and tiring. Even though I w- I will say, giving DC a little bit of a pass, I see them, at least from what I can read, they pay they pay more attention to, as far as like, continuing traditions of mm-hmm. numbers, yes. with those books that are like have been running for like almost since the beginning like action comics like detective comics you know what i mean mm-hmm. like even superman and batman as old as those comics are i don't see them being uh slaves to the numbering of those so religiously mm-hmm. that then that they won't reboot um or, or try to get them back to their to their original numbering whereas Detective in action, they almost seem to always want to reboot because those are the comics that started, really started the company. Mm-hmm. Especially Detective because that's the one that gave them their name. Yeah. And Action Comics is the one that gave them their, their number one hero. Yeah. And when, uh, what is it, Action's going to reach 1,000. And when Superman hits 1,000, they're going to change it right back to 1,000 anyway. So What is it at now? Superman, Superman may be close to 1,000 because he started... No, Probably I'm, within a year of action. Really? I thought the single title was only like in the high 100. So like maybe six, seven. And no. that's, that would be like because that would, three or that four would years. Mean, that would mean, yeah, I don't, for some reason I think Superman, Superman started like about a year after. Because well, I'm almost certain it did because 
Batman number one. God, if we only had small phones that could <laughs> that, that could reach out to the, the netherworld. Batman started within the year of Detective Comics, and that certainly was following the trend of Superman. Wait, no, Action Comics started at the same year as, or around the same time as. What is the Superman title? Superman Action Numbering. Comics. Action, Action Comics, Comics is obviously going to be a thousand, and Detective Comics is in like the eights and nines, right? Or in the nines. Action Comics is probably close to a thousand too. Yeah, yeah. But Superman is. No, I'm, I swear to God, I think Superman is still in like the seven or eights tops. I don't tops. know about that. I, I gotta think Superman maybe maybe close to a maybe close to a thousand. Are you? You're just you're just playing Candy Crush. You know, are you actually looking it up? Nope. <laughs> Um, how would I, how would I even look that up? Well, just look up when did Superman Superman comic books start? Superman number one. Superman. They're probably gonna like Wikipedia's gonna come back with like Action Comics started in. So as as Lynn and JD look on their phones, <laughs> I'm just gonna slowly talk you guys into completion. Superman 1978 film. This is a worthwhile endeavor. Um, Superman so was uh, 1939. That's a year after Action Comics. Yeah. And, Action Com- and, and Superman debuted in Action Comics number one. Yeah, the, the character, yeah, but I'm talking about the title. Superman the title. Okay, I know, but the, the, the title started 1939. Oh, okay. So it was a year later. So, so if are you, they not doing anything for now? Now, now the thing is, you don't know what their publishing schedule is because because um, Superman number one, Superman may not have been monthly, mm-hmm. and, and neither of these books actually may have been monthly. It may have just come out like you know, whenever we get it done, it's when mm. we're going to put it out. Buy it. It's only a dime. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, you idiot, purchase this. So, so I mean, you may be right. There's no way of knowing, you know. I may be crazy, <laughs> but it just may be a lunatic you're looking for. It's too late to fight. I'm sorry, what were we saying? Don't try and change it. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, let's, let's just, just shut this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us at 44, 40, yeah, 4456 Main Street. Listen, this has been a... this. This podcast, this while only while only like an hour to you, <laughs> has been eight hours in the goddamn making. We started this Saturday. Oh, fuck a duck. Um, all right, forty four fifty six Main Street, Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex. L- Noel, uh, DC Inc. is the name of the oh the all ages the all, ages. all ages DC. Thank you for that. Um, no, it's good. Omissions. <laughs> Editor's note. Um, it's on bleedingcool.com. Yo, no! There is no bleeding cool in my store. All right, so thank you for joining us. Johnny Destructo. The Bat Tribble. Uh, Noel. Email us at <laughs> coltspopgo at gmail.com. You can also go to poptardsgo.com uh, and click on the bright pink banner and leave us a voicemail. Uh, thank you so much for joining us for whatever this was. And in closing, we say... Dun, dun!